Hey, what's going on, you beautiful people? I hope you're having a fantastic week. And it's Rico here, CEO of Social Find Asia. If you're wondering why I sound so chipper, it's uh, because we just got uh, officially accepted on Spotify. We're in these these Spotify podcast streets, so you can now stream and download the Made in China podcast on Spotify. Um, it's been a long time coming. I know a lot of people have requested uh, for us to be on Spotify and. It was out of my hands, people. It was out of my hands until recently. Um, so we submitted with them, and then we got accepted pretty quickly. And now, when people ask me, "Is your podcast on Spotify?" I don't have to like awkwardly direct them to download a podcast app. Um, so yeah, I hope that's going to grow the podcast a ton, and I'm excited because another good thing for me is I don't have to like Spotify is you can use it in China without a VPN. So it's like it just makes it significantly easier for me to stream. My own podcast. Yes, I listen to the podcast myself from time to time, for uh, for critic critique purposes. Anyways, um, with this episode I interviewed Noel Nagit. Uh, he is the CEO and co-founder of the Refined. Uh, we have a YouTube video up where I spoke to him briefly about how he came about with the Refined and that process of rediscovering, you know, his Filipino roots and discovering that there's business opportunities there very short nice video has you know footage of the refined itself so there's obviously that'll be in the show notes but you can just go to source finance youtube channel and uh that should be the video that came out two weeks ago so the the video before last week um and yeah so in this episode we did a deep dive we had a very broad ranging conversation about his life growing up in toronto um business philosophy life in the philippines life in you know north america the mindsets the benefits of being in the philippines the benefits of networking uh getting a good group of people around you i think a, an ongoing theme in in the podcast was sort of a think and grow rich you know the idea of of surrounding yourself with smart people that are like-minded that you can expand um you know your brain power and the way you think so i think it's a fantastic episode i really enjoyed talking to noel i can't wait to go back to to the philippines and uh you know i hope you guys enjoy it and you know feel free to reach out drop us some five star reviews we've been getting some new reviews which has been awesome and definitely check out the youtube channel for that video that i did with noel cheers i don't want to be a product of my environment I want my environment to be a product of me. All right, so we did the YouTube video. Talked a little bit about your background. I want to know. I want to know a little bit more. So, like, um, what is your like your family history? You said you've been coming to the Philippines since you were twelve. Yeah. Um, why is that? Well, yeah, I was born here. First of all, okay. So my parents, uh, we left here when I was four years old, and moved to Toronto. Um, so, I guess there's always been a connection for me. I know my parents when I hit the age of nine, eighteen, nineteen, they really started pushing me to go to the Philippines to kind of know my history, my background, and my family heritage. Mm-hmm. And it was very important for them to know where I come from. Uh, partly, I think it's because I was kind of 
clubbing a lot and really had no direction in life and I just didn't know what I wanted to do at the age of 18 at the time. Yeah, who, um, who does though? Who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then 19 came and they said, you're going to the Philippines. And I started doing it. And almost every year mm. I would fly back down here. So was it just like the first time you came, you fell in love with the place and then you, or your yeah, parents were I, I think I fell in love to... with my family and my history uh, and getting to know what my great grandfather did and just the history behind it. He was a, he was a governor in his town and he had a lot of like, he did a lot of stuff, like a lot of great stuff with the people as a lawmaker. So, and he was, I think, someone in the family was also a Supreme Court judge, so on and so forth. So it was really just interesting and it made me realize that, you know, I better get moving on what I have to do because I have a name that I have to represent. Hmm. So it was kind of like that. Nice. So it kind of, a whole new motivation to kind of really do well. Again, I'm, I was still a kid then. I did come here to party. I started realizing, wow, these are really good parties here. <laughs> and that's what it was. But it wasn't until three years ago where I realized that there was this opportunity here in Asia for entrepreneurship. Even though I was an entrepreneur back in Toronto, the, the opportunities here are just crazy because again, in the Philippines, it's a developing country. So there's a lot more opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. Unlike Toronto, it's a first world nation, so it's really hard to really just move the needle. Did your parents, uh, when you decided to come here and start a business, were your parents like, well, uh, were they not supportive? Not supportive is not the right word, but were they like, mm, maybe you should focus on Canada? No, like, no, opposite. Opposite? Yeah, they were extremely happy. Yeah. They were so proud. Um, they were just moved that I was, you know, moving to the Philippines. Again, for them, when they moved to Toronto and they moved us to Toronto, yeah. I think that was a, a hard decision for them to make because they were, you know, their friends and families are here, but they want to give us an opportunity, a better opportunity in, the, in Toronto, which they did. Yeah. Um, so to come back to it, I think there was always that feeling of, oh, okay, good, that guilt of still, we took them away. The... Yeah, and it didn't take me away from my country, right? So, so I, I, you know, the reason why I asked that question is because um, I was born in Zambia, so in Africa, and then my parents moved us to the States, and then we, we moved to, to Toronto afterwards. And uh, I think it's because I went to China. Maybe if I decided to go back to, to Zambia, Zambia. Yeah. then my Maybe. parents would have been, like, more cool about it. But when I said China, they yeah, were like... No, I think you have something there, because yeah. I used to live in L.A., Yeah. and this is when I was in my 30s, and they weren't 100% supportive of that. Yeah. They weren't like, yeah, go for it, and we support you, blah, blah, blah. I think it has to do with the Philippines yeah. and coming back home to where I was born, where they were raised, um, and now doing something with, um, you know, with a business and, and creating a business in, in the Philippines mm. and being a business owner. And also getting my dual citizenship now. So I got back my citizenship. So nice. all, all encompassing. Nice. So uh, I want to talk about like what you studied and stuff like that. Before that, I want to touch on the partying and the, in the early days. Where, where were you going in, the, in those days? Oh, there was like, there was these bars called Mars was one. Strums, which is still here. Yeah. It's like a live, I love the live music. In Manila? In Jupiter, in Makati. In Makati, okay. Uh, there was a place called Malate, where a lot, it was kind of like the old publish one. Um, and that's it. It was just kind of like a routine, get off the plane, party that night, and, and not sleep, and you know what I mean? And I heard people are doing the exact same thing here. Yeah. There's, there's kids coming down here from LA or Toronto or whatever at a similar age when I came. First thing to do is to go clubbing. 
right? And they party <laughs> and they love it, especially Publishon. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it was it was a lot of fun. I got to, you know, you. single at the time. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming you you've had that's one of the reasons why you're moving here. <laughs> no, I'm pretty I'm pretty focused. I uh but of course, like I've been on like a work vacation for the past yeah. three weeks, so it's, it's like, a good balance here, is, though, yeah. too, right? And that's what I've been telling people: is that the quality of life here is unmeasurable because I don't know of a place that I can live, I can work five days a week, and then Friday night jump on a plane for like hundred bucks, not even, to the nearest island and yeah. go surfing, yeah, and basically feel like I'm like hundred miles away thousand miles away yeah but it's really there it's like 20 miles it's not even that far that's amazing to me like we have Shargao and Barakai and Palawan and you name it we have all these amazing getaways where I think in North America they they work their asses off so they can save enough money to go on all-inclusive for one week and that's it yeah and that's what they do every year they, they wait for that one seven-day trip all-inclusive right. But in the Philippines, we have that. And it's it's not that it, co- it doesn't cost us money. Like I know a friend of mine, he jumps on a bus. It's like a four or five hour bus ride. His whole trip for the weekend is probably 30 bucks. Yeah. Right? And this is, you can go surfing and you stay in a hut with a, you know, a fan or air conditioning, but you're by the ocean, so it's nice and cool. And it, the bus ride, I think, is 20 bucks. Like, it's next to nothing, right? So that's quality of life. Right. That's a, it's it's a big it's a big draw. Um, I've always said that I want to be like in terms of cities that I want to live in. I always want to be close to the ocean. I like being close to the water. Yeah. And then uh, obviously weather is a big factor. Like you know, coming from Toronto, like those winters, man, are pretty. Brutal. Oh man, it's like yeah. another snow can uh, school's cancellation today. <laughs> I've been watching it. I've been avoiding doing what a lot of people have been doing is posting pictures of the Philippines. <laughs> I, I'm just leaving that alone. I'm like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to be that guy. That, like, because they'll show a picture of like, whatever. Yeah. Spadina or whatever. And it's all covered in ice, snow, whatever. You know, and then these guys are repeating, oh, look at the Philippines. It's not snowing here. I was just, I was just talking to my brother. My brother lives in uh, Manitoulin. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, it's even worse there. It's right? so like, worse. I think they hit minus 70. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like showing me pictures in the morning of him like de-icing his car and stuff. And I'm just like, all right, here's me. I still Manila. remember <laughs> freaking like running out into to the car, turning it on and running back into the house. Yeah. And let it, I let her run for about an hour. I'm so, I was so bad because it's not good for the economy. But there's something about going into the car. Oh, mm. it's nice and warm and you're driving and... <laughs> Man, that was, those are crazy times, man. And then, then I moved to, uh, what, you know, at City Place, and the car was always on the ground, so I never had to feel that. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't miss the snow at all. So talk to me about yeah. uh, 19. You start to realize, look, I have this family history. I want to, want to sort of make my grandfather proud. I want to honor the name. Yeah. You go back, and then you went to obviously you're in then college. I went to art school, and I became an art director. Okay. And that's when I yeah. really figured out that. I got to do something with my life, so I became. I went into advertising. Okay. And basically, that was 20 years of, you know, different agencies, different accounts, learning about marketing, learning about business trends, so on and so forth. And I think that really was the calculus of being an entrepreneur. And I think, and I, I believe that entrepreneurs are born; they're not raised to be mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. 
So it really gravitated to me. And then again, going back home to the Philippines and seeing what my cousins and them are doing and they have their own businesses and stuff. And I realized, man, this is in my blood. So it wasn't until the 10th year that I, I decided, okay, I gotta do something and, and do something entrepreneurial. But even in between there, I would like create, you know, I had fun creating small little like freelance agencies for myself, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So hire me, an art director, I'll do your business. Uh, made a lot of mistakes in that, but again, looking back at it, those mistakes you learn from it and it makes you a stronger entrepreneur. Well, I mean, seeing you now, you, you don't come across as like, were you, were you suit and tie? No. King Street, never. you know, going no. to... <laughs> never. No, I think because of the creative de department, um, we were known in the summertime, we wore flip-flops and shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. Even though they said we shouldn't be doing that, we still did it. <laughs> or we wore our jeans and t-shirts. Very creative. I, I mean, as an art director, all I wore was black in, in the first maybe 10, 10 years of my career. I always wore black because that was just, the look just as the an look, art director yeah. with the big thick glasses and stuff, right? <laughs> um, I wish I could do it here, but it's so hot. Yep. Um, but I do love, there's nothing like wearing a nice suit. Yep. Well, no, I, I, I could tell that you're a fashionable guy, but I'm just like, I, I didn't see you like going to, going to work in a suit and tie no, every day. Never, it, like, that wasn't, that's the only Don Draper part yeah. I didn't <laughs> bring no, over. Yeah, busy. that was, <laughs> back then you did have to wear suits like that, but yeah. not now. Yeah, that's cool. I used to, um, do you, where was your office? Or, or where there was did a lot. You work? There was one on King Street, King and Spanina. Yeah. So that, that was a big chunk of mine. I think I was there for eight years, seven or eight years. And I learned a lot of advertising in that company. You know, that's where I, I met my mentor and he taught me everything to be a leader. Really just kind of took me on his wing and, and taught me everything that I know, so. I used to service a lot of the, the guys that used to work in those areas because I used to work at Moore's, but the Young and, young and King yeah. location. So that's kind of when I started wearing suits and stuff yeah. was like I had to learn how to put together yeah, a suit and all yeah. the accessories. So ran into a lot of guys in the banking industry and, and all that. There's a very specific character. Yeah, one of my partners, he's in Toronto. He's trying to, like, he's certain to open up the refine on Bay Street. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, that no. would be, you know, obviously the suits and guys. And I eventually we will. I mean, it's, I rather, I want to build in, in Asia first and really get a really good solid name for the refine and even for the female version and then not until then we'll go to north america and hit those parts mm -hmm. i think we'll even hit europe before we hit north america i think la actually correction la is probably one place that we'll hit a little bit earlier um me living there for a couple of years i i know that that place it would do well there too something like this would work really well in china as well um, oh i mean the yeah. only thing with china it's just different. i don't know if this is a bad thing but i've been warned by friends that i have in, in hong kong yeah he says just don't go to china i said why because they're going to copy it they'll yeah. carbon co as soon yeah, as it yeah. gets that's, really popular that's what's going to happen they'll yeah. get identical to it i'm like I said, you know what, That's, for me, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about anybody opening it because I was actually having a conversation yesterday that the refine is not about the, the brick and mortar that, we, that we've built. It's the community of gentlemen that are here. Mm -hmm. You can't create that. You can't copy that. You can't, you know what I mean? It, it, it organically attracts these, these, uh, these same mindsets to join. And again, our marketing is so low. Yeah. It's all word of mouth, but it's if you look at them, everyone has something in common. So someone who wants to copy that, they really, 
need to realize that my business plan wasn't based on, you know, how much beer we're gonna sell, how many haircuts we're gonna sell. It was literally, how can we get this, those same mindset group community to join? Mm. And that's what we did. And, and we have a really great community. I mean, one thing I will say is like, uh, so I mean, I deal with factories all the time, right? <clears throat> and uh, they're really good at, if I give them a mug and say copy this, they'll be able to do it. But if there's a mug that I want them to copy and I want them to make some variations and I have to explain those things, they're not going to be able to do that yeah. because the creative side of things, the yeah. uh, sort of, uh, yeah, I guess the creative side of things is just not something that's ingrained in their culture. Yeah. So if you have, they could copy the refine, but they wouldn't be able to bring in that creative, that essence, that uh, individualism. Mm. I always say they can't them. also copy me. Yeah, exactly. And the refine is just things I thought up in my head and, and execute it. And I have unbelievable, amazing investors and partners that trust that and they say, no, you need to, what comes in your head, do it. Mm -hmm. And they trust that, you know, I'm or organically, using that word again, organically coming up with these ideas because it's just how I flow. So backtracking, you started Mankind, right? Like, yeah. And uh, when did you first get that concept? Like, how did you, how did you do that? That one concept? was created by, the way that came about was it kind of fell on my lap. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, at the time, still an art director slash designer. Mm -hmm. and. A, a, a mutual friend came up to me and said he wanted me to come up with a logo of a space that he wants to create. And I said, "What's the space?" He goes, "It's like a, it's like a barbershop, it's like a salon, but men only." I said, "Really?" Because yeah, you, I want you know they do manicures, pedicures, all that stuff. I said, "Okay, that's interesting," but I didn't know anything about it. So he briefed me on the idea, and I said, "Okay, I'll do the logo and the website and all that." While I was doing that, I always do research about what that is because I wanted to see what the competition is, what they're doing before I even create a logo, right? Or the branding. Mm -hmm. And just when I was about to deliver the project, he canceled it. He didn't want to do it. And I said, do you mind if I do it? Because yeah. I actually love this idea. He goes, yeah, take it. And then we're here today. <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. So, and you were saying, um when you started the refine, you're looking back at man. Yeah, I looked at the um, and seeing what, what works and what didn't yeah, work. Well, yeah, can so you, can you d dive yeah, a little bit deeper into? Yeah, that? absolutely. We, you know, one of the things that didn't work, which I thought it was cool, when we came up with it, was every uh, haircutting station had a TV beside it, mm. right? So every a little monitor you can watch whatever sports. Yeah, and then realizing that that didn't really work because there was this beauty of gentleman getting the haircut talking to the barber yeah and having that you know that storytelling that psychiatrist that they can kind of complain about work whatever that they never watched the tv yeah and it was you know you spend a lot of money on those little tvs and realize oh man that's not even needed another one was we had one couch and i think one chair on the side and it was a small little lounge area waiting area it was really a waiting area with a flat screen tv I noticed that that seat was always packed. Mm. People would actually stay and just hang out there and watch, you know, or play video games. Actually, we had the PS, uh, was it PS2 then? And that's, I'm like, wow, there's something to that. Like, everyone's just kind of hanging there. And then everyone's asking, when not you get a bar license? when not you get a liquor license? I didn't know how to get it, so I didn't do it. But everyone was talking about it. So what you see now is there's no TVs in the, the, the barbering area or the haircutting area. We have a much bigger lounge where people can hang out and actually do work at, like, like co-op. It's kind of like a co-op workspace, yeah. Um, but much more affordable. I always, 
scratch my head when I hear these costs for these co-op workspaces, 10 to 10 to 15,000. Yeah. When here you can join our membership for so much less than that and get more stuff, right? You know what I mean? And you get to work out of here. Um, but we have a full service bar. We have a, a, a man cave area where it's a lot more private. Again, a manicure or a pedicure. You can get a foot spa while watching Netflix or playing video games. So again, little learnings and I elevate it to the next level. And especially the, ele the refinement is when we became members only mm. space. And that way we're really creating a community, a loyal community of gentlemen that come here. They pay monthly and they love the services. You know, if we have to modify certain things because you know, the, it's easy way to talk to them and say, hey, do you ever think of this? I was like, you know what, I never thought of that. Well, like one guy said, you should have a poker table. Mm. Two weeks later, we had a poker table. <laughs> like I really listened to the feedback of our members, right? Because they're building the space. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So then how did you start to, uh, you explained how you got the idea, but then who are your investors and how did you start to bring them together? <clears throat> My investors are all based off people that were experts in their fields. So one of them was, you know, managing direct, the managing partner of a spa, Mandala Spa. So it was very important to bring him in. Um, and then other ones were for retail, brought them in. Another person knew about the bar scene, so we brought that person in. So a lot of it we brought and in. That, that guy's he's from Toronto as well, right? Yes, he's, yeah, he's, he's like, from Toronto also. Yeah, yeah. And he has a, an amazing Mexican restaurant, authentic Mexican restaurant in BGC also. Um, but yeah, one of the rules that we had when we're looking for investors is that um, we look for investors that we want to partner up with that's more than money. It's not about the money, it's about the other things you can bring to the table. Yeah. So that's what we did and, and we kept true to that. And we're doing the same thing for the raise for um, our investors and partners for the female version. And that one is basically all women. Mm. I made sure that I wanted all women as investors because I, I feel like that this is for them yeah so it's you know by them and they create it themselves and and these the investors that you got these are all people that you met in toronto you met them here no they're, they're all here they all met through here okay. so i always had a every time i pitched an idea and they loved it one of the last things i say hey can you if you have anybody else you want i can pitch to decide who would love this who would be like part of this and they were more happy says no i know somebody here, send this part. And I think a lot of it had to do with they love the concept and they trust, you know, where, where I was going to take it. Mm -hmm. so. I was just, I'm, I'm asking because I guess for somebody like myself who wants to come here and make connections, I'm like, how did you start to make those, those, those just connections? Meeting people, just going out there and just, you know, getting to know. There's not really a timeline. It's just, I, I think I was very fortunate and blessed that it all fell into place pretty easily mm -hmm. um, and I would also pitch the idea whenever I could and then they might not be in, in you know interested in it, but they like oh I have somebody that will love it and that's a couple of investors were just like that it was recommended by someone that you know wasn't they loved the idea but they couldn't for any reason they couldn't get into it yeah but they would refer to someone that they know and that's really it and you just kind of get to know people so like uh, for example in China uh if you somebody's interested in a business idea and they want to invest, it takes a long, long time to, to sort of grow that relationship. Yeah. Um, is it similar here, or is it much faster? Like if faster. somebody's interested in oh, so much faster yeah. here. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot quicker here, especially if you have a you know a reputation of uh, you know being a good business person. Mm -hmm. It it moves really fast. Again, Philippines is moving really quickly in growth, so 
a lot of entrepreneurs and investors are um, moving fast because they know this opportunity is right now. Like, you know, we came up with a third project that we're going to be working on, and I was able to quickly put in a team right away. Hmm. And now we're, you know, looking for one investor, and that's it. And and just say, hey, if you're interested, come on board. And it's that's how fast it was, and it, it probably took three weeks, not even, to kind of get this moving. And actually, told one of the guys. <laughs> Alex, who was away on a business trip, and I told him about it, and he goes, oh my God, you just told me that before you left, and now it's happening? I'm like, yeah. So it does move pretty quickly, Yeah. right? But it, again, one of the that's, things that's that was- based off of your reputation. My experience, yeah. I, maybe, I think the reputation too is like, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm really transparent in what I do, mm -hmm. so I make sure, and also being part of the Refine, I get to meet really good people. Yeah. The net, my network, here, which is everyone's network, is it's the refined members. Um, they're really smart people, and you know they really they're movers and shakers in this place. So, being part of this, you're able to meet people pretty quickly and say, "Oh, I have this idea. What do you think of it? Oh, I want to like you know, let's sit down and talk about this. I might be interested." Mm -hmm. I've heard that many times already here. It's not guaranteed. I would never put that on on the marketing. Like, join us and you'll guarantee get investors. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, but it's a good chance yeah 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 and i mean you talked about you know there's such a wide range of, of people here yeah yeah mostly yeah entrepreneurs the, the caliber of uh, members that we have is, is so vast I, I love it like i said i'm every day i love coming in here the people i work with like i said i met you you know just what a week ago a week and a half ago yeah and now we're sitting down talking about it. that's how fast it moves right yeah and there's, I guarantee you met other people within the Refine membership, and you're not even a member yet, and you're yeah, really yeah, feeling Yeah, I mean, it. actually, uh, Mark introduced me to somebody else who probably needs my services. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and same thing with uh, one of our members. And when he wasn't a member yet, he kind of came in, he was referred by a friend just to get a haircut. And then we started talking about the membership and talking about the network. and. I'll be honest, he actually told me he was like very cynical. He's thought, ah, oh, another guy trying to sell me shit and it's not true. A lot of, you know, a lot of big talk. Yeah. It came up to me probably a week later uh, uh, after being a refined member and after convincing him to be a refined member. And he goes, holy shit, you are 100% right because he got now a whole bunch of projects. He's working with these other people and he's, I think he's partnered up with another person who's killing it in the game. Yeah. And he goes, no, man, it, it, if it wasn't for the refine, I would never met any of these people. I said, yeah, that's what we try to do. Like it's, you know, we talked about the mastermind group. We're creating a small one. One of our members put one for next Wednesday, a small group. But I actually told him, it says, the refine actually is a very large mastermind group. Yeah. Yep. And that's, I knew that I wanted that in because at the time, again, it's, it goes into the, the motivation because I was never always like this. Um, I have this motivational talk that I did and I've done it a few times already. It's called the couch, and and I hit rock it's bottom. It's called the what? The couch. The couch. And I was okay. I hit rock bottom at a time, recently before I coming here, and my best friend basically convinced me to get rid of everything, live out, out of my suitcase on his couch, which I did. Hmm. And he says, I don't. You don't have to get a job. You don't have to pay for anything. I need you just to find out who who you need to be, because I already know who you have to be. I just need you to believe that person. So I was there, he gave me books. And one of the books he gave me was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm. And 
it's not like I love, love, love that book and I fucking memorized that book. I only took out one principle was the mastermind group. Yeah. And surround yourself with like-minded individuals, like same mindset of successful people. Mm-hmm. If you look around at your friends and you, none of them can help elevate you to the next level, you have the wrong friends, right? You need people that are motivated, encouraging you to move forward and so on and so forth. And it was that book that kind of changed it. And when I was coming up with the business plan of the Refine, that was key of the community was, it's just a big ass mastermind group, you know, that I was trying to put together and that I was part of. Nice. Yeah, and it I happened. Mean, that's, I, I'm a huge, huge believer in, <clears throat> in mastermind groups. I mean, when I moved to China, a big part of the re- reason why I moved to China is I joined uh, an entrepreneurship mastermind yeah. group called Enter China. Yeah. And it was just basically like a hundred entrepreneurs that were doing business in China in some way, shape or form. And I mean, that's how I met my business partner. That's, you know, that's how I got my start. Yeah. So it's like, I'm a huge, huge believer yeah. in it. There's so much opportunities yeah. out there, man. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people, the majority of people close their eyes to it. Yeah. Right. And they, you know, it's so easy to find friends that you can party with and you're easily accepting of that yeah but nobody will ever take the time and says i want to find a a group of people that want to elevate their life and be successful yeah yeah it's the same thing it's the same thing yeah it's it's only i think when you start to get into self-improvement and you're really actively trying to do that like because even for me it was like uh i think i was like 18 19 and uh after my first year in college actually i've never talked about this on the podcast before but uh i was kind of like I was the kind of guy where if you if we hang out over some time, like I'm gonna be outgoing and funny and stuff. But like if I met people for the first time, I was always worried about what they thought about me and all that stuff. So I was kind of shy. Yeah. And then uh, I started reading books about you know becoming a more outgoing person, how to develop yourself as a man. And then some of those books led me down the path of like, hey, I should also meet other people that are like-minded and also want to improve themselves. And I started actively looking for that. And then that's the friends that I made at 19 are my friends today and we're all entrepreneurs yeah. we're all living around the world like it's yeah. not a coincidence you know that was an active I always active joke thing. about yeah. with my small group of friends I yeah. have a large group but there's a small group that I always said just give me two years and I'm creating the entourage yeah that show <laughs> trust me there's in two years just give me two more years yeah. I'm gonna fly you down here and we're gonna just you know like these are my best friends they basically you know they will never let me have a big head yeah, they'll fucking pop that fast. You know what I mean? And even today, they'll you know they'll like, hey, you know, this is what's happening, and I'll listen to them. But I said, give me, give me a couple of years, and we're gonna have the entourage. Don't worry, I'm gonna, you know, finance this company for you, and we're gonna. This yeah. is what we're doing. You know what I mean? So that's even though they were my, uh, you know, close friends growing up in high school, there was a small group that I I, I sense like, okay, there's something here, man. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So. But I still love all my other friends. That's you know. They're still amazing, but they bring something else different to the table. So I still talk to, like even today, I talk to him almost every day. I think every day we talk, me and my best friend, and he's been 100% supportive of everything I've done. You know, so I, I look towards him and say, hey, I got this other idea, what do you think? Right? I broke my number one rule to, I wanted to do only two businesses and focus on that. Yeah. Because I get inundated with a lot of business ideas, a lot. Like, I think last time we counted, it was 12 opportunities was thrown at me. And I was, at first I was excited about it. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. As an entrepreneur, that was fucking that sexy as hell. And then I took a step back and I talked to one, a friend of mine and says, here's these 12 ideas, man. I need to pick two. 
Yeah. I have to focus. So I picked the two, which is the refined and the female version. But a third one just came up and I can't say no to it. So now it's three. <laughs> but I'm going to say three is it. That's it. Three is it. <laughs> what were some of the early mistakes you made with the refined? <clears throat> At the refined? Yeah. Um, I think I underestimated the raise. Um, I should have asked for more because the refine is such a new thing. It's such a new creation that a lot of local Filipinos, not expats, not foreigners, not like Balikbayans, the ones that lived in the States or Canada, it's the local that haven't picked up on it. I think they still don't know what to get through it. Like they're so used to paying 300 pesos for a haircut, which ours is one five. And then if you do our membership, it's 2750, 2750 unlimited haircuts. Mm -hmm. But they don't see the value of that. And I think only a handful, and it's growing, of I think local Filipinos are about the experience. But in North America and Europe, it's all about the experience. You'll yeah. pay double the price of anything if you get a really good experience from it. So being in the Philippines, I underestimated that because I kind of had the mentality of North America and say, okay, this is gonna blow up, which I know well. If we go to LA, I know if we go to Toronto, it's going to, I, I've been asked to go to Atlanta. I've been asked to go to North Carolina. I've been asked to go to Miami, all these places. Uh, just a side note, but the people that are asking you this, these people that have been here, they've been they, here, they experienced it and they're like, oh you yeah, should. you've got to go to my, okay. you've got okay. to go there. It's going to be yeah. huge. And we have people from like, people that visit from LA, they're just visiting <laughs> the Philippines. Their friend will tell them to come here. Mm -hmm. And they loved it and they fell in love with it. There was one guy from New York City and he came here and he loved it. And he goes, Noel, man. It was unbelievable. I'd be in New York City with my friends and they'll find out that I'm going to the Philippines to visit and they're like, you gotta go to the Refine. Get your haircut at the Refine. <laughs> and we never did marketing in New York City. Yeah. It's just word of mouth, right? So it was amazing. But that's because it's the experience. And they keep on saying, the experience I had at the Refine was unbelievable, second to none. But for a local Filipino, the new, you know, still Filipinos here, that's a new thing. Again, I always say that Somebody said it best, but I went to a, a workshop about entrepreneurs in the Philippines and they say that a, a lot of foreigners and expats were in a time machine of 10 years and we fast forward 10 years. Mm -hmm. So we're implementing a lot of stuff that already is working in North America yeah. 10 years ago, but we're bringing it here and it's new here. So with that, it's the same thing. It's mm -hmm. just the experience hasn't caught up yet. Like, Anytime Fitness is probably one of the newest, newest gyms and it's blowing up. Yeah. But that's so new to the Filipinos to even work out. You know what I mean? But for North America and Europe, we've been doing it for how long? We know how to put our weights away. We know how to you know, follow a regimen. We know how to do good form. Here it's a little bit different. It's still new to them, but they're doing it. And it's starting. I can feel the, the swell happening with experiences. Mm -hmm. paying, people are paying for it. Like you go to this amazing gym called Carry Sports. That's all about experience. Yeah. The experience here is ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous. Like that's, you can't even find that in North America. Yeah. That embarrasses, I'm sorry, but that embarrasses all the clubs, gym <laughs> fitness clubs in Toronto. Yeah, yeah like for sure. Heated friggin' beds when you get off the, get out of the jacuzzi, you, the you can jacuzzi, lie on a yeah. sauna bed and it's heated and it's marble. It's and like, the, what? The, the cabana rooftop swimming the pool. And the right? cabana, oh my God. And then every- With, I think with the every, bar on the weekends. Like. Think on, yeah, and the weekends they have like, all you can eat barbecue and, yeah. and just kind of chill out there. And, yeah. and the guy who runs it is actually from Toronto. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. But it's like, when I went there, it has tennis courts, has basketball courts, Manny Pacquiao rents that space. Mm. 
for basketball games, pickup games, and, but that's the experience. So it's they, happening. And they were saying, um, was it like whenever NBA players come to the Philippines, oh, they go there, go, where they go to oh, work out. Yeah. yeah, and a lot. Trust me, the secret is out about the Philippines. Yeah, I have not yet once met somebody from North America who says, "What the fuck? This place is like this is amazing. I gotta move here." <laughs> you know I mean, it's all like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> It's all right, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like no. They, well, also, they, I think a big part of it is like I mean, you you were talking about it before. Is obviously the language, yeah. um, but at the same time, there's that Western influence here, the American influence, which is very familiar for for North Americans coming yeah. here. Yeah, compared to other Southeast Asian countries, yeah, I mean, like it's so I mean, when the so states, much more yeah, when the states here, they curated our government. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, we gravitated to that for yeah. sure. So. It's easy to gravitate to that. I mean, they, they, I, I don't know if I don't know if there's any other countries that I mean, at least that I've been to in Southeast Asia where there was Tim Hortons. Like, I was like, oh my god! Like, I was, I was just. I can't believe. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it made so many Canadians that live in the Philippines so happy. Yeah, I can admit it's funny when I go in there and I I don't go there as often. And even in Toronto, I really didn't go there I was too a, often either. It's just it's more like I wasn't a big Timmy's no, guy, but I wasn't like, a it's big more Timmy's just fan. like the idea that it's even yeah. here. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll go there like for my double the novelty. But, yep. but there was something about this pride and, and this uh, feeling of home, okay. even going there. I remember when they first opened up and there was a huge lineup and I finally got to the cashier and I just happened to have it in my bag. I said, hey, I have my Canadian passport. Do I get a free cup <laughs> as a joke? And they, they didn't laugh. They didn't get what I was talking about. <laughs> and then I will throw in, I'll, I'll have a double, triple. And, yeah. the, and they're like, huh? I said, a double, triple. And I'm like, my girlfriend's like, shut up. Just, <laughs> This is the first thing. Shut up. I'm like, I know. I'm just so proud to be Canadian. You know, so. Um, obviously, you touched on the sister version of this place, but what are your plans? What's your, uh, I guess, what are your long-term plans for your business to refine your your life here? Like, yeah, just grow. I mean, the, the long-term is, is really just growing the two businesses, the male and the female version. Mm-hmm. Um, that's key to really establish it as a Filipino brand. Yeah. And then eventually go outside of the Philippines to like say Thailand, Cambodia, places like that, Japan, Korea, absolutely. Obviously we're gonna modify the services based off location. Like Korea will probably have a bigger spa area, mm-hmm. like for you know anything that has to do with facials and medical spa, we'll add that to it, mm-hmm. um, but we'll modify it. And then I've been asked to take it to Italy and Spain is the two places recently that two of our members, one's from obviously Italy and the other one's from Spain, and they like, let's set it up. So it's only us they saying are, are saying to hold on, and we said let's just get through 2019, really build it, and then 2020 absolutely we'll yeah. start doing that. And then, like I said, LA, Toronto is is a place that I'm really interested in opening. What is the um, so closing questions that I usually ask on my podcast? <coughs> What is the smallest thing you've done that's brought you the largest results in your business? The smallest thing I've done, largest, is showing up. Just showing up to the, to the refine every day. Just, it's from either 11 o'clock in the morning when we open or I'll come in a little bit later, but I'll stay till closing. But just sitting at the bar, working from here, mm. like working on other projects as well, not just on the refine stuff and meeting all the members and then they get to sit with me and, and we chat it up and, and there's always this same reaction is like, oh, 
when I get introduced as the owner, like, oh my God, you, but you're here. You're actually here. You're yeah. actually here. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, why? That is, a, that, is a big, that is a big deal because like, I, I remember even the first day that I came, I was like, oh, actually, I met the owner on the first yeah. day and it's like, it, it makes you feel very welcomed. Yeah. And it also makes you feel like this guy really cares about his oh, business. Yeah. yeah. I, I love this place. Yeah. I love it. And again, I, if somebody asked me, why did I open up, why did I open up the Refine? And it came off pretty cocky and, oh, well, that's, that's how it came out. But I said, I did it for me. Yeah. I basically built this exactly for me. Everything that you see here is based off what I like. Mm. I just know that I'm not the only person that likes that. Like, that's one thing. I, I'm humble enough to say, hey, I'm not the only one that likes fucking Chesterfield's couches. Yeah. I'm not the only one that likes, you know, playing video games while I get a foot spa. Like, I'm not <laughs> like that, right? It's all like, oh, I'm unique. No, no, I'm like yeah. everyone else. Yeah. So I basically put this together. So if that's the case, this is my man cave. You know how guys in North America will, you know, get permission from their wife to build, use their garage, a very small part of the garage to turn into a man cave <laughs> or the basement. And they're like, please, hon, can I make a man cave? Please, I just want to put a TV. I want to put a recliner chair. Please don't ever let me be in that position in the future. I know, I, I fucking did it here. I just created a man cave. Yeah. But this man cave now is for every freaking guy that comes through, right? And we get that all the time, man. It's like, dude, I can't believe I can just come here and play video games. I'm like, yeah. And then one guy asked, he was here a second ago, he texts me, he goes, hey, is it okay if I play video games? I'm like, why are you asking me that? That's your banking. Yeah. You can go. You don't need permission <laughs> for that. Because oh, I didn't want to race your thing. I'm like, race it. If you race it, you race it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, I'll start again. So that's like the smallest thing I did was just show up, man. And, it, and, and that's the thing. It's not even to other people. That's a big thing. To me, it's like, hello, this is my business. I have to be here. One of the challenges when we open up more locations is for me to spend there, but I'm really challenging myself to go to all the locations throughout the day at least once during the day. Mm. I have actually invested in a motorcycle to get through the traffic. You know, there's Ancas now, so I'll, I have no problem jumping on that. Well, but I'm, it's I'm assuming you're also going to bring on somebody solid who you really trust who can also I, I already you know. have but I also want to be here yeah I really that's not it's not even a replacing thing it's more of I, I want to be part of each man cave mm -hmm. all the branches like the one in Kazan City when that opens the one in Clark that's going to be a challenge because it is far but I want to be there so um, how many locations are you going to be opening up is this this year as well or? no this year we're going to open up one more um, refine yeah. and, the, the, and the female version but 2020, I'm hoping to do at least two of each. And then every year kind of grow. Again, if, as soon as we get a momentum that, that, you know, the last thing I want to do is open up too much in the first year. Like mm -hmm. I really, again, it's the formula. There's a lot of stuff that we have to tweak a little bit with banking systems and payment systems and stuff that took a while. And that's just the Philippines. Now we figured that out. So now we're confident to open up the next one mm -hmm. so. one thing that you said that made me think of uh there's a podcast that i like listening to called the pitch okay and it's um it's kind of like dragon's den or yeah. or shark tank but more in depth like the pitches are actually an hour long and yeah. You, you, yeah so i really love listening to it because as somebody who's interested in maybe being an investor in the future like i love hearing the questions and it also makes me think about my business yeah well. absolutely um but one of the investors said one of the things he always looks for with founders is are they solving a need that they had 
like if they start a company to solve a need that they personally had is something is one of his favorite things mm-hmm. to, to look for in investors because he knows like one that person knows a lot about you know the needs of their clients because they would be a client and then two they'd be super invested in the success of, yeah. of that business yeah because so, as for an entrepreneur or a business guy yeah you have to have empathy for that yeah for that problem uh, and you have to have passion for it and for me you know if I wasn't passionate about this I wouldn't be doing this I wouldn't even pitch this I, there's again there's some projects that's been given to me handed to me to the point that they said hey just create it and I'll I'll fund it but I wasn't passionate about it so I had to turn it down right yeah. so you the the business owner the entrepreneur the, the founder needs to has to come from that place within and really have empathy for for the problem and that's exactly what this is like I'm able to pivot or or modify stuff based off oh man if I was a client there I wouldn't like that I'll fix that you know I mean okay um two more questions can you recommend three books podcasts or blogs that and it could be a combination of each does this that'd be three in total books i can recommend i haven't been listening too much of podcasts because i've been listening to books like i do audible.com so i don't have time to do the podcast but that being said i fucking love podcasts i love the sound of it a friend of mine got me into this one uh and it wasn't even for business it was for Serial Killers, I think it was Serial. Serial, yeah, yeah, Serial. I loved it. <laughs> I gotta admit, I, I, I started season, listening to it because crazy, I, I, yeah. I, was, I had a crush on this girl, so <laughs> she was talking about it, so I said, oh, I'll, I'll listen to it, and <laughs> I did, and I fell in love with the whole podcast. I love the sound of it, something about it yeah. brings me back. Um, but Wait, Well, it's, it's, it's old school radio I love, storytelling. Yeah, somebody like, asked me you to, get to start, choose. Yeah, start one for Refining Gentlemen. Again, it's just... I, I, if I have to, I have to be passionate about that to, yeah. to kind of sit and actually take the time. I always say, if somebody was going to record me and edit for me and post it, then I'll do it. But if not, I, I have, I can only do so much during the time. But I would love to, and that's why I envy what you do, man. It's just, it's amazing that you can do this, and I, I wish I can do it. Well, for me, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely passionate about the podcast. But it is like the podcast and the YouTube channel are like the number way, number one way we get clients. So it's like, yeah. Well, people like one of my. <laughs> You know, one of my partners says, Noel, man, do a podcast or a YouTube channel because you're the brand. You're the refined guy. I think the YouTube channel for for this, this is a very visual mm-hmm. thing. Uh, podcast would be would be great as well, but I think that your YouTube it's channel... The visual could, aspect of it be, is, yeah, yeah, that would especially be huge. if we just, I just yep. put it in a certain place and I basically talk about certain businesses or... You know how to fit a suit or whatever. Yeah, and then even just showing the development of the new locations, yeah. like things like that, like yeah. would be really, really cool yeah. to see. But three books: um, Shoe Dog, Phil Knight. Yeah, amazing. Read that. Any entrepreneur will love this book because it kind of shows the trial and tribulations that he went through to the point that it makes you feel, oh, I'm not fucking up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, this is normal what I'm going through. And maybe it's like, wow, I'm not even that bad. Holy shit, I thought it was worse. Because everyone thinks, every entrepreneur thinks they're going through the worst thing and they're stressed out. Then you find out Phil Knight and Nike was near bankruptcy every year for the last 15 years of the company. It's yeah, like, are yeah. you kidding me, right? And, and I think, especially for entrepreneurs that want to come to Asia, like yeah. his story of just going to Japan exactly. like, and without any deal money. With the Japanese and, you know, and like, yeah. the culture and yeah. stuff like that. This reminds me a lot of my early days it's in China. It's amazing, right? Um, crushing it. Gary Vaynerchuk for sure. Mm-hmm. That one is is more motivational of fucking just do it kind yeah. of thing, playing off the Nike thing. But 
Gary just wants you to do it. Fuck your excuses. Sorry you have a bad family life. Sorry about, you know, you know, you work a terrible job, then fix it kind of thing. So, and when you are going to do it, put 110% on it. To, you have time to do it. Like, mm. don't say, I don't have time to do it. You have time to do it. Yeah. So that was another one. And the last one is um, Blue Ocean Strategies. Um, that one's an amazing book. Is It basically talks about creating a business that has no competition. Creating your own competition. Basically, you know, having a business in a blue ocean, no sharks around. You know, everyone's always trying to copy each other. So basically, they're opening up in a red ocean full of blood of sharks trying to compete with each other. Well, the blue ocean is basically no competition to the point that when you open up something, even if a comp quote unquote a competition brand is doing something who gives a fuck let yeah. them do it yeah. you can't control what they do you can only control your business so that book Blue Ocean Strategy is amazing amazing book and everything that I do business wise I, I run it through the gamut in my head of is this a Blue Ocean strategy business nice nice yeah, man. thank you man um, if people want to reach out to the refined, yeah. they want to see what's going on here. How can how can they find? Well, you can check out our website, um, obviously the refined.ph uh, on Instagram and Facebook. But if you want to follow me or message me, uh, the refined guy underscore ph is on Instagram. Follow me on there. Uh, again, direct message. I'm open to collaborations and stuff. And or even hey, if you have any questions about opening up a business and you don't know, I am all about mentoring and helping people out and giving back for me that i get really a lot of satisfaction when somebody says you know what i'm gonna change my life mm. and that's that's what i go for thanks man noel that was uh, an awesome podcast thanks for thanks, taking the man. time and if you guys want to reach out to me it's podcast at sourcefinasia.com uh we will have all the show notes at sourcefinasia.com slash made in china cheers Somebody else Ain't afraid to say I'm something